0: What is up everybody? We are back with another edition of the State of the UFC. It's been a while since we've had one, but before we get into the podcast, we must tell you, as always, that this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Manscaped, and as I told you last week, it's sweaty sack summer. And it's time for you to prioritize the comfort in your crotch. That's why the kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. I've had the honor of testing out these new boxers, and they're the most soft you can find anywhere. Breathable, absolutely brilliant, like gills for your grinds, even trademarked the Jowl Pooch. Pooch? Pouch? <laughs> pooch? <laughs> Jewel Pooch? Uh, did I say Jowl Pouch? Ju- yeah jewel pouch so, so you know it's serious it's time to invest in your family jewels and get 20% off using the code severemma at manscaped.com and free shipping as well um let's say you're on a date and your partner catches the manscape on the waistband of your underwear it's almost guaranteed to you know raise some eyebrows and act like a, a, a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. This is thanks to the Lawnmower 4.0. The best electric trimmer for below the waist grooming. It offers the advanced skin-safe technology design. Uh, to uh, trim those hairs on loose skin. Outside of ball trimming. Uh, there's no, they're now focusing on helping out your tie slappers in other ways. With the game changing boxers. These boxers include, include the jewel pouch. TM, a pouch designed to cradle your boys in their own special space lined with perforated per- perforated, uh, performance fabric to keep them well ventilated. Basically, just imagine your balls sipping pina coladas, chilling on a hammock uh, on some tropical beach. The micro-modal fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run, strut, these moisture-wicking boxers breed without breaking a sweat. Tagless as well, which I absolutely love. Um, they hug your body without digging in The front fly opens to give easy access as well So that's absolutely fantastic You can choose from uh, a load of different designs and colours And range in style and size from small to 3XL For the big boys like myself out there So 20% off and free shipping with the code Severe MMA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with that code SevereMMAAtManscape.com Once the boxers 2.0 touch your sack You'll never go back Joining me today is E. Spencer Kite, joining Sean T. Sheehan to talk about the UFC and all their, the divisions, the ins and outs. We do uh, Spencer, just used to be a thing where I used to get loads of different people on to do it, but it, it feels like it's just our show now that we, we do like two or three times a year. And you know what? Fuck the rest of my, I think we're the best at doing it. There's no one knows the UFC roster better than you. You're sniffing, I put Zane Simon up there as well. The two of e are, are pretty good, but you're, you're number one for me, no offense to Zane or anything, we, and we'll be using his beautiful list today, but how are you, Spencer? Are you looking forward to getting back into a, another uh state of UFC podcast here?
1: I'm well. I, I adore doing these. The first time you asked me, I was very excited, and it. I think we went for like 90 minutes and just kept having laughs. And I was like, I need to do this as, as often as Sean will let me. And by the grace of God, over the last several months, you guys have welcomed me into the fold a little more. And I, I love every opportunity I get to speak to you and the rest of the Severe crew. And as you said, we'll be using Zane's list. Zane does a phenomenal job of keeping track of all of this stuff. So definitely everybody go check that out and follow him on Twitter and props to Zane for doing it. But yeah, I, I love doing these. They're such good times.
0: There indeed, we'll, we'll hold off on the middleweight division for, for for a while, so everyone coming in, tuning in for that, we'll, uh, we won't we be doing that straight away. First of all, before we get into any of the divisions, I, I kind of always started off, but the state of the UFC, you know, that's what this podcast is called, and I suppose that that's the first question. I, I think, like, from for my point of view, a lot of the chatter lately has been about judging and open scoring and all that, and let's leave that to aside, because... There's no podcast on planet Earth, apart from maybe the coach side judges, uh, who has talked more about judging than uh, than this very one here that people are listening to. Um, but in general, do you know what? One thing I, I really take from all of that chatter and all, and you know, it's, uh, let, let's be honest, like it's, it's Ariel starting a lot of it talking about the open scoring and trying to push that. And a lot of it actually boils down to, and I, I was delighted to hear New York, Rick talking about it this week. It is the, the pay is a big part of it, and you know that. And Ariel makes a, a great um, you know, a great argument all the time about uh, you know, you know uh, fighters should have a say, and uh, you know they should have collective bargaining and all of that. And we talk about you know Usada as well, which I think, like I think we're we're far enough into it now to say Usada has been an unmitigated disaster for for the most part. That that's an issue where they have to you know, be checked every fucking day where they are and then they have to be tested all the time when they're independent contractors as i say it again the pay not just not just the pay like how much they're getting paid but the structure of the pay the win-loss bonus is a thing that should be a thing of the past for me and there are other issues as well in the UFC now uh, we could maybe get into all of them but those are the, those to me are the two main things like and When I look at the state of the UFC, I think those are the two main things that are actually causing lots of problems with them in the state of the UFC. What is your opinion? Right now, the state of the UFC, are we in kind of a flux? Are we in a good state? What what do you think?
1: I think outside of the cage, those two things you mentioned are, are absolutely kind of forefront and, and prominent in most conversations. And to me, that speaks to the quality of athletes and the quality of competition. We're getting to see and I mean, it's also the thing that that people want to talk about more than actual fighters and fights and and things of that nature, right, is the business of things, because you can take aim at one single entity, the UFC versus learning and, and knowing everybody on a card or most people on a card. Um, I do think both are important things to continue talking about, to continue seeing improvements and changes and, and developments. Um, but on the whole, I think the UFC is in in a very good place in terms of the competition and the talent that is going out there. There's always going to be things that need to be improved. There's always room for fixing and modifying and having these discussions. And, and I think it is important. And as much as I know you're exhausted of it at times, it is important that this week is an off week and we're having a lot of conversations about judging and and how to score fights and you mentioned couchside judges i'm going to speak with scott fontana one of the members of that that show along with dan urban later this week you and i are going to sit down and do a a podcast about judging and scoring because i think the biggest part of some of of these kind of forefront issues is just misinformation and misconception about things we kind of argue one side of things all the time so with judging you know, it's it's this is how I think it should be scored. This is how I want it to be scored. And your argument counter to that and, and the correct one is, well, there's three and a half pages here that tell you how to do it. And it's actually not that hard if you would just read it and, and learn and understand. And then with the other side of it, with the, the finances and the independent contractor and things like that. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you on all fronts and everybody that fighters should be paid more. Some of these things that are in place for these independent contractors should be ironed out. But the flip side of that coin that we never ever seem to to just mention is that the fighters need to organize and it's on them because I don't know very many great big large companies that just decide Mm -hmm. to hand out more money when they don't have to when they're not held to it. And that's a terrible thing. Don't get me wrong. All of these billionaires and gigantic companies should be spreading that wealth around throughout its population, throughout the people that that make them gigantic, successful companies evenly and and fairly. But until they're held to account and until they're forced to do so, they won't. And so to sit here constantly and just say, well, the UFC should pay them more. Yes, we all agree. No one debates that. But what's the step to make that happen? And the step to make that happen is getting to a position where there's collective bargaining. And the only way that happens Mm -hmm. is if fighters unionize and fighters band together. And for the last 12 years that I've been doing this, we haven't seen it. I don't
0: know if you follow WWE, but I saw last week uh, two of their biggest wrestlers, Sasha Banks and uh, Naomi, I think she's called, uh, walked out in the middle of a show. That's how you get a bit of power. That's how you get more money.
1: That's how you show... Walked in, laid the belts on the table and said, we don't like where this is going. See you later.
0: What what if the the next UFC card comes around and, you know, Charles Oliveira or whatever it is, not happy with his money and goes, half nine that night, he's supposed to fight at 10 o'clock. I'm not fighting unless things change. I am not doing it. I'm not fighting for this amount of money. Let's go. No, he might... No one's going to do that because it's going to ruin their whole career, and everyone's an individual in, in MMA. But that's the sort of thing it'll lead. And look, that could be an hour-long debate we have here. But I, I to, to kind of get us into the division by division, something we were talking about there, and you know, the, the pay structure with the win loss is very similar to the pay structure with the uh, pay-per-view bonus, if you want to call it that. Now, it's not a bonus; you earn the pay-per-views uh, and the money from that. But the fact, if you are a champion and you're not a champion. ...you get it or you don't get it... ...and sometimes even when you are a champion in the past... ...you don't get it... Uh, ...but if you look at the the strawweight title fight... That was the one where neither of those two women, Carol Esparza or and Muniz, wanted to <laughs> leave that fight as, as a challenger in their next fight, if you, if you want to put it that way, or as a contender in their next fight. And I, I have been making the claim over the last while, and most people agree disagree with me, but uh, I think MMA is becoming more and more boring all the time. And I think a large part of that uh, is... the the pay and the issues around the pay and, you know, if you want to join open scoring as well. I'm actually not a big advocate for open scoring making things more boring and I think it will slightly but if we are to look you know, if past this prologue and we see what's making this more, and it's not me just saying it is more boring. There's more decisions all the time. There's way more coasting. There's way more people, you know, getting hit in the eye and falling down and or whatever it might be. There's way more that we've ever seen before. Do You don't think and and that's having looked at all the fights, and I'm sure you agree. That, and you couldn't not look at it and agree. Win open scoring would that be worse? It would. Like, no, open scoring is never going to happen, so let's not talk about that. But the strawweight division, what do you think about this division in terms of post the the I don't know what you'd want to call it, the apocalyptic shit fight between Asparza and Namunas pre that and post it because I feel like this division was a division we always talked about being fun it was the best women's division some fantastic fighters like uh, do you know what? A, a great part of this division is someone like Atisha Torres or a Karolina Kovalkevic or a Michelle Watterson, who are very good fighters, but didn't get within an ass's roar of, of winning a title, which is,
1: I just realized that's a very Irish saying there, but anyway. That is a wonderful <laughs> saying that I'm going to steal and use for the rest of my life. No problem.
0: Uh, but that's a good sign for the division. You know, it's like back in the day, say Joe Lawson, a lightweight or Jim Miller, you know, good fighters who didn't get close to the to the title shot and and I, I view it that way and as sure the last time we talked about it we talked about it being a great division but it just feels like after that fight this division has something to prove a little bit Do, would you agree with that?
1: I would agree and and before we get to that just to your, your point on fights being more boring and, and not being as many finishes so far this year I haven't put in um, Saturday's event but just under 50% at 46.7% in terms of finishing rate across the UFC and that's in just about 200 fights so we're not seeing and and the women's division is way down. The women's side of things is way down, as is often the case. Um, but it's true, we're we're seeing a little more um, tactical approach from people in terms of this division. I think it's still the best division in on the women's side of things. I think it's still one of the best divisions in the UFC overall, in part for the reason you said about having people like Tisha Torres and Michelle Watterson that are just omnipresent in that top 10, but haven't quite gotten into the top five, but can be sort of that litmus test for the emerging talents as we've seen them be in the past. The thing for me kind of coming out of, as you called it, that, that title fight that that wasn't much of a fight and sort of looking ahead to this month coming up is that why are, why are we just setting up? Why is, why is the winner of Zhang Weili and, and and Jacek? just automatically going to be the next title contender. Like, can we get some love from Marina Rodriguez? What more does this woman need to do? She's won five straight fights. She's beaten everybody. It's kind of like Carla Esparza heading into that fight with Rose, where there was the goalposts were constantly being moved, and it was constantly, mm, go get one more. We'd like to see something a little bit better. And so she went out and, and beat the face off of Yao Zhan and got the championship opportunity and then went back to being Carlos Barza. Um, So I'd really like to see Marina Rodriguez get her opportunity rather than continue to have to sit and fight the next person while we roll of another former title challenger into the mix. And of course we had Jessica Andrade come back and assert herself right back into the picture with that standing, standing arm triangle choke on, on Amanda Lamos not too long ago. And so for me, that's the part of this division that's interesting, right? We have that middle class, or that upper middle class of the Torreses of the Watterson's. But we also have a group at the very, very top that is both familiar, but with a couple of people that need their shot. And I think until the UFC starts getting to that point where the new name gets circled into it, it's going to feel stale. It's going to feel very, it's going to lose interest because how many times can we watch Rose Namajunas fight Zhang Wei Li or Joanna Yenjiechik or those two women fight each other or Rose and Carla fight or sort of these matchups that we've already had. Rematches and sequels and trilogies and things like that are exciting when there is a hook to them, when there's something that draws you in. I wasn't even that interested in Rose and Carla. The hook was that they fought seven years ago and so much had changed. It wasn't that there was any bad blood. It wasn't that there was it was a close fight. And so I, I really, I'm going to stump for Marina Rodriguez every time yeah. and probably a lot more in, in the coming weeks ahead of UFC 275 that she deserves next instead of Jean yeah. Whaley and Joanna Jędrzejczyk.
0: Look, we might as well get into this straight away because this is going to be a common team throughout this. And it has been a common team throughout the UFC now. It feels like for years, like I, I always remember the, the Garbrandt TJ Dillashaw one where they ran it back so quickly. And everyone, is, everyone at that time was saying, why are you running this back so quickly? But I feel like people are not saying that anymore, you know? We had Justin Gaethje win one fight and get back into a title fight. Now he's lost. Now where's Justin Gaethje going? Like, have a few fun Justin Gaethje fights. See the improvements you need to see in Gaethje. We've seen the gaping holes in his jiu-jitsu game twice now. Getting back in there. The featherweight division has just been, you know, Connor, Aldo, Aldo, Edgar, Edgar, Aldo, Holloway, Aldo, Holloway, Aldo, Volkanovski, Holloway, Volkanovski, Holloway. And what are we having next? <laughs> Volkanovski, Holloway. It's an, d- look, they're all great fighters. They're all great fights. I don't mind that at all. But build it up another bit. You know, they were kind of forced to build up Holloway, Volkanovski 3 another bit. But And I know Max deserves it, And I know he's the, the best or second best in that division, without a shadow of a doubt. But come on, like, let's build it up a- another bit. We don't need to go full box and we don't need to go triple G versus uh, Golovkin and do it the way they've done it. But give us two fights, like like and people are always yeah. saying I-, I made this complaint about the Gaethje fight, um, and they're saying like what should he do? Go go to the back of the line because he loses once. How about go to third in line? You know, oh right. my god, is that is that so insane? Right. You're number one, you lose, you go back to number three. Let let whoever's one now and whoever who's two now fight for the title. You fight four, five, and six, or four and five. Win both of them, get stoppages, and you're right back in there. You are the next guy in. But that's just not happening in the UFC right now. And it feels like it's it's every division is just the same. Look at welterweight, Masvral, Masvral. Colby Colby you know just over and over again Whitaker Whitaker at middleweight. Gaethje Gaethje it, people are calling for Michael Chandler to get another shot now uh, at this division you know it's someone like Chu Kagan fair enough look if she wins seven in a row she deserves to get another shot right uh, and that's I'm no problem with that but god almighty this is just a problem we're going to see over and over again in in the in, uh, in O.C. We'll, we'll come on to that again and we'll talk about it again same <laughs> because it's got to be a thing did some good fights are coming up in, in this division? Felice Herrig is back in the UFC. Is she? She's Felice Herrig this. is back. Karolina Kowalkiewicz. I've always had a soft spot for Felice. I think she's a good fighter there was a point where you know she was doing a bit of like the modeling and stuff and we thought she was going to go a certain route and then she showed great improvements but did she break her leg at one stage she got a really yeah, bad yeah she in? tore her like, knee really bad yeah that was it yeah but I- I'm glad to see her back and that's a good fight against Kovalevich. Um <laughs> Michelle Waterson is fighting Amanda Lemas that's a fantastic fight as you mentioned Zhang Weili against Ioannien Jacek um, you know we just had Tabitha Ricci and P- uh, Pollyanna Viana last week We've Jessica Benet is fighting Brianna Fortina and shout out again Zane Simon for all of these uh, Corey McKinnon Miranda Granger and you know a, a few other fights as well coming up There, are, there is some good stuff in that division and it, one of those ones especially you know Zhang Lee against and Jacek I'm going to say it, the greatest women's fight of, no it's not actually it's the second greatest women's fight of all time Cyborg versus Amanda Nunes will always be Miller <laughs> women my f- favourite fight no, maybe not always but I fucking love that fight and for the reason, number one, number two, greatest of all right. time, not just pound for pound. And Dale threw fucking letter <laughs> for like f- 35 seconds or whatever it was. <laughs> I loved it. I fucking loved that fight. But anyway, um, I, I know I know what you're saying about the, the Zhang and Jacek fight being kind of one of those ones where maybe they don't deserve it next. But I feel like it's going to be such an epic fight and whoever emerges from it. Is almost going to be like lifted up so much; it's going to be hard to deny him. But you know, I'm not I'm not too off on what you're saying as well because I am an advocate for Benny. Larry and Islam, like and those guys. Right. But some fun right. fights coming up in that division.
1: Yeah, and, and we had some other ones in there. Verner de Roba got a good win. Yes. Um Lumi Gadinez went out and got a good win. Sam Hughes picked up her second win on the weekend, looking great since she's gone down to train with Safe Saud and the crew at Fortis. So I think it is it is in really great shape. It's just that we need to get through sort of that churn at the absolute top and and use some of these fighters like we're seeing. Like as much as I look forward to the fight between Michelle Watterson and Amanda Lamos, I would much rather see them each fighting someone else that's on the way up. And that sort of feels, and I know you touched on it in the Q&A a little bit, of, of not always having somebody win-win fight coming off two people coming off a win fight, two people coming off a loss fight and things like that and trying to build. And and I'm a big advocate for building as many contenders and prospects up kind of in parallel lines so that everybody's moving forward or everybody's moving back and you cross where it's, where it feels right. And so I, I think the key over these next kind of six months of this year is going to be figuring out a little bit who the names are that are truly moving forward, where are these veterans at that are starting to slide backwards and figuring out that transition between generations because in a lot of weight classes and we'll touch on it throughout this that feels like where we are getting to is a a real shift of the people that have been around for maybe ten, 8 to 10 years and the people that have been around for 5 to 7 that are starting to hit their absolute prime and so I think, it's going to be really interesting
0: <laughs> I think the women's 125 pound division is a great example of what you just oh said oh my god because we come, on, we came on here I'm pretty sure the last time and there was like three fights announced for the division and we're like where is this division is it almost everyone in this division is matched just looking through it here so we have Kaelin Chukagin versus Manofero for UFC Paris I didn't even know that had been made it's on this list Love here it. now. Maybe, maybe, Love You know, I blame Zayn if, if it's not true. Jessica I, Macy Barber. That's a good fight. Misha Tate, Lauren Murphy, Courtney Casey, Antonina Shevchenko. Obviously, Valentina is fighting Talia Santos coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, we have Nina Nunes, Cynthia Calvillo. Jeez, all those fights are fantastic. I really like all those fights. JJ Aldridge, Aaron Blanchfield, Sajari Eubanks, uh, Marina Moroz, Hannah Goldie, Molly McCann over in London. Uh, Agapova's fighting Kim. Um, Karina Silva Fighting Pollyanna Botelho There's some really really good fights Mandy Baum is back again She's fighting Vittoria Leonardo in London So
1: uh, this division we, you And know, that doesn't even include Casey O'Neill Who's hurt right yes. And has, has looked like a million bucks
0: and, you know, Andrea Lee fought. Who did Andrea Lee fight a couple of weeks
1: ago? Andrea Lee just fought um, she got Billy Arruja.
0: Arruja, to me, is one of those. I, I hadn't paid lots of attention to her. And then I watched a good few of her fights before that. Mm-hmm. And then I watched that fight where she wrestled a lot. I couldn't be more impressed by Arruja. She's one of the the prospects for me to watch coming through in, the, in that division. She's very good.
1: She is. She's had a couple of those fights where she's kind of moved up that level and had to take the step back. And, and we see that with a lot of people, right? That's that's sort of the thing that happens. The one thing that probably works against her is that she's already 35. She doesn't have a lot of miles on her on her in terms of MMA fights, in terms of experience and, and action in the cage, but that age is always a tough one. And so it'd be interesting to see. I mean, that fight, I, I thought she looked phenomenal. I thought Andrea Lee was gonna win that fight. Me too. Clearly didn't. Um, so Vivi's sort of to me in that Michelle Watterson, Tisha Torres range where perfect person in the mm-hmm. middle of this division. Shout out to K- Caitlin Chukagian for doing what she's doing. Tough fight against Amanda Hibas and just jumps right back in against Manon Fioro, as you said, trying to win seven straight to get her next title opportunity. The old Joe Benavidez route. Shout out to Joe B. But yeah, this division is is bonkers. I love I cannot wait it for is. the jj aldrich aaron Blanch, blanchfield fight. fight next mm. week i know you love yourself some jj aldrich so ireland's it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting i, I don't think it's such a great division i
0: don't think there's any division that has like miraculously got loads of contenders suddenly and now the problem is we shinko is the, the champion but like if you look at grasso you know been doing well right. lately never had a shot Firo is like the common person she's fighting the number one kid in there, so she could be next in line we just mentioned Arruja uh,
1: Misha Tate beats Laura yeah, Murphy she's, she's, probably, probably, she's in probably in there
0: but then you've Casey O'Neill Macy Barber Tracy Cortez I was very impressed with Tracy Cortez a couple of weeks ago as well I didn't think you know I didn't think she had that level in her now maybe the matchup was a little bit uh, you know on, on her side or whatever but still she went out there and won it so you know overall uh, We'll move on from this division, but Santos versus Shivchenko. Does Santos have any chance, you reckon?
1: No, probably <laughs> that's, not. Let's move on. Probably not, enough. right? Like, yeah, she's yeah. going to come forward. The one good thing that works for her is that she is aggressive. She is well rounded. She is going to, she is capable anywhere the fight goes. But we've seen Valentina shevchenko dominate superior talents, fighters that have shown us even more than Tyler Santos has thus far. And so. I think it's another one of those moments where we can all sit back and, and we should all sit back and recognize just the sheer excellence of Valentina Shevchenko.
0: A hundred percent. Let's talk about the women's bantamweight and featherweight division, obviously, together.
1: Do we have
0: to? Uh, I, I was just looking through this there. like, well, okay, last week we had Caitlin Vieira absolutely robbing Holly Holm blind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's sarcasm there now. If people didn't get it, that was sarcasm. Um... <laughs> um and she's, looking, she's probably emerged as the next person after that uh, and she is she, I feel like Ketlin Vera has been the one contender who we've been kind of waiting to emerge in that division for a while probably with Irina Aldana as well and she has done that so that's great at least we know who's next in line after that oh aspen lad has failed to you know deceive whatever that that face
1: you just made that people didn't get to see (laughs) is the note i have written down in my book of like what the what's going on here there's it's it's just so much sameness right and and that's i mean there's in some ways there's nothing you can do part of it is that a lot of the young group is fighting at 25 um Part of it is that there's not a ton of 45s that can make the move down like there's not a ton of 45s in general and there's even fewer of them that are interested in making that move down to 35 and so we just get those same names over and over and one or two fighters at the very top for the longest time right prior to being robbed on the weekend holly holm was the one person at the top of that division that nobody could get past jermaine Durandomy depending on where she is right now. I know she would gotten an argument with Sarah McMahon saying, I'm not retired, but you're also not fighting, Jermaine. So, you know, you may not be retired, but you haven't fought in two years. They're the two that are ahead of everybody else until this past weekend. And so it just feels like it's a division where nobody gets a chance to build momentum because everybody has to end up going through that gauntlet of either Holly Holm or Jermaine me, and nobody can pass that test. And so maybe we get a little bit of room here now that Holly seems to maybe be taking a step back and Jermaine is retired, but not retired. And yeah, (laughs) she's, she's AWOL at the moment, but there, there really isn't anybody that jumps off the page. That's the other part. There's no one you look at. You mentioned Aspen Ladd. She's one of those people we've been waiting on forever and it just hasn't come together. She's regressed. And I think the good thing about Ketlin Vieira winning is we're getting that new name. But I also think that Andre Peternaris's reaction in that corner is the way I felt about Ketlyn Vieira's entire career. Like, the talent is there and it is obvious. And she just needs a little bit of that nastiness. She needs to learn how to be mean and separate the, oh my God, I'm fighting Misha Tate. Oh my God, I'm fighting Holly Holm. And just go out there and beat the shit out of people because she has every capability, every talent necessary to do it and do it even more convincingly than she did on Saturday. Uh,
0: it's funny. I used to be more convinced of her than I am. <laughs> I am now. If that makes <laughs> sense, I don't, I don't know if it does. But yeah, look, we have the big fight coming up. the The rematch. Is there going to be a third one if Nunes wins? Who knows? Chef Shinko was talking yesterday about going up in the division again. She'll definitely be going up if uh, Pena wins that rematch. But look, I, I think the biggest thing about that division is how does Misha t- or um how does Amanda Nunes look? uh on her way back like is it right. silk pajamas uh conor mcgregor on a yacht type of thing <laughs> or is it just she'd one slip up and one night or was sick or had the own she did have the run and not too long before that so maybe that was something like that but we will see we will see on that right let's talk about the lads uh it's 125 pound division <laughs> I love, the, there's been no bigger advocate in the world, maybe maybe me and you, of the 125 pound division over the last couple of years. And there's some fucking fantastic fights coming up. Askar Askarov versus Alex Perez. Manel Cape, who got his drug thing uh, squashed or whatever it might be, is fighting uh, Rogerio Bonturin, which is fucking brilliant. Tyson Nam versus Tagir Bekov. JP boys against Cody Durden there's some really good stuff coming up I'm sure uh, uh, he's actually Mohamed Makayev is fighting Charles yeah. Johnson in uh, in UFC London as well one of the you know the prospect in that division uh, Amir Elbazi versus Tim Elliott as well great stuff but this title fight oh my god <laughs> uh, and I love the fight Moreno versus Kara France yeah. love it but god almighty you have one one and one between these two lads like Moreno emerged from nowhere I, I Moreno's a good fighter But I never thought He would get to there And I, it's still weird to me That he even is there And Figueiredo is this Absolute monster And you have Figueroa's the champion now And you have this 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 crown sitting there For him To get, the, get Moreno into that Or maybe for Moreno You know whoever wins that fight To be the guy Who won that quadrology To To and then you make an interim title fight, and I know like there's been something, you know, there was something said online, and someone called someone racist, and all it is. <sighs> Come on, lads, let's let's get past it. Let's tell it. if you got beat the shit out of him in the fucking octagon and make up for it. And so, uh, uh, this is just, this has really disappointed me. Maybe there's an injury, or maybe I know Figueroa needs a lot of time to get the weight down and stuff. But it feels like figueredo's just going to sit. Is he wait for Moreno, and do it that way? What, what, what is your take on this? I'm just disappointed, honestly.
1: So I know Figueredo is dealing with a finger issue, a tendon issue in one of his fingers. And there were some pictures posted last week of what it looks like. And he's got a big, essentially, one of his fingers at his knuckle joint is just exploded out. And it's out of out of position and he needs more time to heal. But it's not a surgery thing. And so we're just I'm, I'm with you. I'm rarely a fan of of interim titles, especially in situations like this where the belt was defended this year like it's not like we've been
0: ridiculous I, I don't nine, mind 12,
1: 18 months like this
0: is ridiculous though
1: the other part of it and and you and i have spoken about it and yourself and harry have spoken about it on on speaker's corner is it's just again the situation with making. right kai kara franz gets run up the ladder he knocks out cody cody garbrandt that lands him opposite Askar askarov he wins that fight as well and now what do you do with him? well you kind of have to go forward with him. But then you also have a guy like Brandon Royville who choked him out in his rookie year in his second fight in the UFC and probably has a case to be in there. And so rather than cobbling together an interim title that doesn't necessarily need to come together, I would have much rather loved to have seen some of these top contenders matched up against each other. Let me get Alexander Pantoja back. Let me see what Brandon Royville can do in another fight. Let me see Kai go out and have... Another opportunity. And I know that's unfair to Kai coming off a great win, handing, handing Askar Askarov his first loss. But sometimes that's the way this breaks. Like sometimes that's the way this goes. And rather than hustling out a, an interim title. And we all know that the UFC likes to have two title fights on pay-per-views now that has become the norm for most in most cases. And If Figueroa is going to be out for for a while, they want to move forward. They want to put some gold on somebody. I think they, you know, behind closed doors, ideally Brandon Moreno wins and we get champion versus champion in in the fourth fight. But to me, I would have loved to seen some of these, some of the things, some of the people in the top 10, even in the top five, sort of sort things out a little more. And then, as you've said, sit and wait to get the fourth fight done. We've come this far with it. And and we've had this trilogy already. It's one one and what? Let's just finish it and be done with it, rather than have to dust it off again in in another six or nine months.
0: Can we? Let, let's just take a second, right? So, one twenty five, right? the The next in line is is Kai Kara France, but that's an interim title fight. So let's say Moreno is next in line, right? Former champion. We're looking at. We'll talk about one thirty five in a second. It's either and the question I will ask you in a second is either Aldo or, or T J, right? both former champions 145 max holloway former champion who's next at 155 uh is it is it going to be makachev is it going to be Darius? who's it going to be i wonder i don't know okay we'll skip that one for a second 170 okay it's going to be edwards We've someone new there and canon okay as well Blahovic is coming back around after prachka and 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 this one comes up <laughs> at heavyweight, it's either going to be Jones or Steep. both former champions. At women's bantamweight, it's a former champion in Misha Tate. There's been, never been a former champion at 125. And it's going to be one of the former champions at one fifteen. How dare you well. forget
1: Nico Montano Sorry.
0: that's <laughs> my, my bad. My bad. That's, I've, I've, I actually didn't want to make sure as I was saying that. But it's almost, <laughs> almost every division is just a former champion getting the next shot or on the way. And I don't know if that's good. And let, let's just transition over So Aldo or TJ Which former champion Is getting a 130 fight <laughs> uh, Let me just say Jose Aldo Fuck TJ Dillashaw You take EPO You're out for a few years You win one fight You're gone for another year injured Wait You get another few shot title, Or get another few contender fights Beat someone else Earn your way back And then get it Jose Aldo has done enough Jose Aldo has beaten the guy Here, here and here And he's done enough t- For me to earn that title shot What do you think?
1: I tend to agree. Um, if TJ was able to stay healthy coming out of the Corey Sandhagen fight, and that's the other part, like it was a close fight with Corey Sandhagen. I don't know that you, I didn't score for TJ dillashaw I know I did a rewatch even and, and posted that that I still had it for Corey Sandhagen. And so with the closeness of that fight and then the year off from another bunch of surgeries, so he's essentially fought once in like four years now. Get out there and beat Marlon Vera. Get out there and beat, you know get out there and fight Rob Font. Um somebody like that and and Jose Aldo's done that and beaten both of those gentlemen beaten both of those gentlemen. And so to me yeah, I agree the the good thing is that it's Algeime Sterling at the top of the division and not Piotr Jan if it was Piotr Jan then then maybe you can make a case easier for TJ Dillashaw 100%. But jo- Jose Aldo hasn't fought Algeime Sterling. It's a great opportunity to put a little space between Aljo and the next group of contenders, allow them to sort some stuff out. Jose Aldo isn't going to be around for, I know he's not as old as we all think, but he's still not going to be around for as long as we think. And this feels like an opportunity where you capitalize on his momentum, Jose, capitalize jo- on his name, Jose Aldo, you figure it
0: out. younger than TJ Dillashaw
1: i know it's yeah. crazy right <laughs> it's mad it's just one of those. It's, it's absolutely insane <laughs> it's one of those every things. week when i look through these these lineups and and do my fight by fight preview and stuff like that there's usually two or three people that i'm like holy shit that person is wait they're this old or they're only that old like it's it's wild tj's i think tj's 36 now isn't he 37 yeah, maybe
0: something like that yeah it's crazy uh, it i uh yeah i i think tj needs one or two more but anyway um one thing I want to ask you as well in this division, let me call out a few fights first. There aren't many brilliant fights in this division coming up. Gravelly versus Munoz, I think, is a good fight. Uh, Said or Omega Meta, sorry, Umar and Omega Meta was fighting uh, Nathan uh, Mayenis. Um, then uh, Batregal is fighting uh, Ho Kang.
1: You know, nothing,
0: uh, we just saw last week Vince Morales against uh, Jonathan Martinez, and we have a few more coming up. Uh, Eddie Wineland is fighting Cody Saman as well, which is, it feels like Eddie they are they're putting him on like a
1: fast track. Eddie Wineland fucking... shows up once a year to take a loss. <laughs> yeah, that's it. God love Eddie Wineland. <laughs> Absolutely adore him. First WEC bantamweight <laughs> champion. Great mustache. Hidden, bro, I was shows up once a year to <laughs> yeah. catch a loss. <laughs>
0: Indeed. Munoz versus O'Malley. Uh, The talk from O'Malley for a long time has been, I'm not taking a rank guy. I'm not taking the unnecessary fights that I need. Pedro Munoz is number 10 here in the division. I know O'Malley's 13 now, just looking at it uh, as we speak here on what Tuesday wins or whatever we have. Um, And it feels like, you know, Paddy Pimble has said this as well, although he's obviously a little bit further down. But it, it feels like a lot of people are saying, I'm not taking these big fights at this pay grade, at this time in my career. Um... And that's not a thing we've really ever heard from MMA fighters before. What's your take on that whole situation?
1: I mean, I think business-wise, for them, it's absolutely the right decision. Like, you go out there, and so we talk in other, or at least, North American stick and ball sports, right? They talk about the best thing for a football team is to have a quarterback on a rookie deal because you don't have to pay them so much of your salary cap. You can spend it elsewhere. For the UFC, the best thing for them would be to have one of these fighters like a Sean O'Malley fighting their way up the division on their first contract where they're not having to pay them all that much. And it keeps all those numbers down and you can spread that wealth well, back to your shareholders and things like that. And so for these athletes, it it makes absolute sense. And you're right. Before this, we saw people want to make the run as quick as they can, just keep showing up, didn't care about necessarily what the dollar dollar amount was on on the contract and things like that it was just about being in the UFC and then challenging for UFC gold and moving forward I think it makes absolute sense for all of these athletes that are taking that position but Sean O'Malley is at a point now where there's nowhere to go you have to take these fights you can't keep just saying no and fighting guys that are unranked and you're clearly more impressive than you can't keep fighting.
0: You'll turn into Howie MVP very quickly, like you know.
1: Yeah, it, <laughs> it it wears off very quickly. You get it gets boring and and stale and very quickly. And so, this is that one, right? This is this is the one we've all kind of been waiting for, because you know where Pedro Munoz is going to be, right there in the pocket, kicking your lead leg, punching you in the face, ready to take it to you. And so. Can't wait for it. Let's see. Let's see the next installment of the Sugar Show.
0: Indeed. 145. There are some fucking fantastic <laughs> fights coming up. Obviously, you know, Holloway versus Volkanovsky being the apex of it. But Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez. Oh, Lordy, what a fight that is. Dan Ige versus Movsar Ivolov. I like that. Josh Emmett versus Calvin Kenneth. How, how about that one? How about Derek Minner, David Jackson? That's not a bad fight either. There's, there's some great stuff coming up. Um, it's another one of those divisions, though, that, and I know people give out to me and go, "These are the top two. Let's see them fight over and over and over again." And that's fine, right? Let Let's say you have Valentina Shevchenko and Amanda Nunes before Nunes lost. Opinion, right? I have no problem seeing them fighting over and over and over again because there's no one else at the moment. Now someone will emerge, and they always do. Look at Pina just emerged So there you go. Um, but why? If you have that, no problem. But the amount of talent in this division is just crazy, and we've look. We've seen Ortega get his shot, but like, where's Rodriguez's shot? And I know he's lost his man, but where's Cater's shot? Like Arnold Allen, the run he is on. I was that, gonna say that guy deserves say, it it. never mind about. those guys. Where's Arnold Allen's shot? He deserves it. He really does, and it's it, it's it must be so disheartening. And the problem is, this is this is the best division in the world that's not showing it. You know. It's it's yeah. the talent in this is incredible. But we have guys like we have certain guys who almost went through their whole career in this division. Now they're gone and they never got a title shot because Conor McGregor held it up. Frankie Edgar got his fucking seventy eight title shot <laughs> in a row. Right. You know, and and it's just over and over. And it's there've been great fights and great stuff as well. But God almighty it's it feels like it's you know it's a rotting apple tree with a beautiful apple at the top and, and we don't give a shit about the rest of it you know but i i, I just the problem is as well max holloway wins the fight against Volkanovski, and we're this way for another fucking two years we really are imagine being arnold allen and seeing max holloway winning that and knowing you're not getting a title fight next what if max holloway wins that one we're going to number five then then you're fucking two and a half years down the line you're turning <laughs> into fucking dillian white next thing you're 45 talking about how you could have been the champ oh my god it's uh, oh i, was like, I, fucking I, I know you touched
1: that. on it on the q a somebody asked about ortega and, and yair rodriguez and you said the same thing you said here phenomenal fight of course we all want to see it just going to be wildness and violence and wonderfulness but as you just said where the fuck is arnold allen's opportunity like yeah. we talked about it coming out of London, right? Where he said, give me Calvin cater. And I think more than anyone, Harry was the one that was like, fuck that. Yeah. Stop calling. Not out enough, Calvin cater. Still Call it. I mean, it's nine straight fights mm-hmm. and now everything else is booked. And you're the guy sitting on the sidelines, holding your dick. And it just like, we got to get to a point. And, and as we said earlier in, in the show, we've got to get to a point where we're moving these names forward. And yes, Max has done enough since the last fight to earn this opportunity, right? Goes out and gets two very good wins against very tough opponents. But why, why was he fighting those guys? Why wasn't he shuffled a little further back? Why did Calvin Cater have to keep going through this ringer of, of facing just the toughest names in the division? Same with Yair Rodriguez, like figure out a way to it's almost, and I think we've talked about this on shows or maybe even off air. Figure out nine to twelve months in advance or eighteen months in advance where you're kind of looking to get to. And ever figure it out that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Holloway Volkanovsky four or five or seven or so whatever. But and, yeah, definitely. yeah, I feel I feel terrible for Arnold Allen in in the sense that he's done everything that you could ask for from a fighter in his position, right? Just an absolutely tremendous performance against Dan Hooker in a great spot. Nine straight wins in the UFC. I think it's 11 straight overall. And yet, who's he fight? Like, that's the thing that I don't know right now. Who who does he fight? Does he end up fighting the Korean zombie who's coming off yet another loss? Like,
0: I just, I think so. He probably
1: does. I mean, it, it makes sense. It's, it's it's the thing that he should do. He should. I mean, Arnie, if you're listening, hello. Enjoy the enjoy the meal deal. Get on Twitter and get yourself that fight. Because if you fight anybody else, it's a waste. He shouldn't be yeah. fighting backwards in the division right now. And so, whoever represents Arnold or Arnold yourself, get out there and get that fight secured right now. And then when you win that fight, because he will win that fight. Call out whoever has the title. I don't care which one of them wins. Call out whoever has the title because you need that fight next.
0: A hundred percent. Lightweight almost has the opposite of a problem that Federate has because there's really no one matched and no one are like. Usually when we have a title fight, we have maybe someone who's just like won a fight and who's ready to kind of pop in there. Now we had obviously the the Makachev Darius fight that was supposed to happen and it didn't happen. Darius is injured, but he's probably, you know, he's probably not too far away, I don't think, is he? We, we, the fights we have coming up, there's, n- like, we have Fizaya versus uh, Dos Anjos, which is a very good fight. You know, we have other fights as well. Faheya versus Klose, and We have, you know, um, Lawson versus Soroni, obviously, which is a bit down the, the division. We have Saryukin versus Gamrat, which is a fucking brilliant Terrific. fight. But it just feels like the, the best division, as a lot of people uh, want to call it, has no next contender at the moment. We have Charles Oliveira, who is this brilliant champion. And then we've Paria, who it feels like hasn't fought in a long time. Gatiu, who's just lost twice for the title. Chandler, who had a great win, but he's just lost for the title as well. And he's sandwiched by, uh, you know, Makachev. And Dariush is out of the rankings here, as I look at him. I don't know where he is. And McGregor, obviously, the, the shadow of McGregor hanging over all of this what happens next like is is it open for Connor to come in and, and slip in there? I saw you making a face there but like it wouldn't be wise it definitely wouldn't be wise but it just it just feels like look do you know what it does feel like it feels like they need to make a decision between Makachev and Dariush and it's probably going to be Makachev if we're if we're being honest they've done everything to keep Dariush out of there <laughs> But I don't know. I'm not sure about that. And the
1: funny thing of that is Dana was obviously asked about it after the Charles Oliveira-Justin Gaethje fight and said, no, I I still want to see that fight. And so the problem is what we talked about earlier. Justin Gaethje fought once to get back to the title. Michael Chandler has just fought the absolute top guys at the top of that division. The Makachev-Dariush fight hasn't happened, but Makachev has stayed active. There's just, it's the same group of people and wanting a little bit more from the people that are next in line when really this should be a no-brainer of Islam Makasha fights Charles Oliveira for the vacant title. Benil Dariush fights whoever's next in line. I forgot he was of that. (laughs) What's that?
0: (laughs) I forgot he was a champion. Let's do Makasha versus Dariush for the title. (laughs) That would be fun. That would be funny. Do you know what? I I could see it happening. I could, I could see it happening I as could well see, I could see Conor McGregor versus Benil Dariush for the title something like that could happen yeah, Conor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson for the interim Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler for the interim title
1: could you, you see that happen folks listening happening? to this can't see the face of Megan and right now yeah but
0: imagine Charles Oliveira like pulls, I mean, it, pulls a grind yeah, or something it's, or, it, for
1: listen you and I both know full well that, that Conor McGregor could waltz back into a championship the opportunity UFC would Love it, and the UFC would love it I think it's ridiculous. I think it's dangerous for Conor from a career standpoint, because like some of these boys at the top of this division would beat the brakes off of that dude, (laughs) especially coming off an injury, especially feeling the way that Conor always feels going into a fight where he thinks he's going to, you know, conquer the world again because he's still Conor McGregor. You ain't that same dude no more, man. <laughs> life has been life has been too comfortable so nice. for the last <laughs> bunch of nice, years. So yeah, better. it's interesting. Like, though. It's, it's a great problem to have of mm. being rich and not having to work very hard anymore, but it changes things.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting though what we have at the top of the division, right? If you look at Gaethje, Chandler, Oliveira. Those three lads, prime Conor oh, McGregor. Yeah,
1: prime Conor McGregor. Great,
0: they're great. Yeah. opponents for a prime yeah. Conor McGregor because guaranteed what, the, action fights and guaranteed, guaranteed, and guaranteed, guaranteed knockouts. Somebody gets probably finished. probably yeah. more than likely McGregor knocking him out because of his power. But yep. is he? He is not that anymore. You know, if he becomes that, if he gets back to that.
1: It's wide open. That's him, what I was going to say. Throw right. him in there with Michael Chandler. Throw him in there with Justin Gaethje. Tony Let's Ferguson just see. is the fucking fight. I've been saying man. it for a
0: year now. That's the fucking fight to make. But I man. mean,
1: that opportunity, that that ship's sailed because Tony needs some serious time off after getting his jaw kicked into his, <laughs> does, into you know, his forehead. It's,
0: it's, uh, any normal human being would, but Tony Ferguson, <laughs> he's, he's not a normal fucking yeah, human being. You
1: know? He's ready to fight he's again. again. Ready yeah, ready that's, fight I mean, that's the thing. If, if you could do... One fight for Connor coming back against one of those guys, whether it's Ferguson or Gaethje or Chandler. Figure something out for Dustin Poirier, who seems to be off, whether it's welterweight or lightweight and and just wants a big name somewhere. Fine, cool, whatever. Sort that out. Get somebody in there against Charles Oliveira for the belt and let's just get things going because there are the winner of Saryukin and Gamrot coming. There are people like um, Ilya Tapuria, who's... Really interesting. I was going to ask you about your, down your top it, guys coming it. through.
0: Is is he one of them, or what are the names sticking out? Because there's always top guys coming through a lightweight. Who are your guys to look out for?
1: So I think Tapuria should should still try to get back down to featherweight. I, agree. I think that's the best division for him. I know he he still got the finish in his lightweight fight, but he's he's better suited at at, at featherweight. Um, oh. I've said it a bunch of times. you said it, I adore that arm and you can. Matoysh Gamrat fight. I think the winner of that is absolutely a contender in this division. Um, sneaky good one that I'm interested in, Demirish Magulov and Grom Kutetsiladze. Kutetsiladze fought Gamrat in their de- joint debut, beat him on short notice, split decision. That one's interesting. Um, there's just, I mean, the the battle of the Halfayels is going to be interesting, right? We get to find out where Faziv really stands. And so you've got this, this pack of Maybe four or five, and we still don't know fully where Darius or or Makachev sits. So we've got five or six or eight people that are working their way up. Let's start getting them into places where where they can have opportunities instead of just Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, Conor McGregor.
0: What uh, before we move on? What of Nathan Diaz? What what do you think happens with
1: him? I mean make the Dustin Poirier fight like just do it like just make that fight they want to fight they've wanted to fight for like 3 years now Nate wants a big name and wants to be I think seems like he wants to be done with the UFC and so just make that fight just get it booked throw it as the co-main event of a of a pay-per-view with one championship fight and away you go
0: Zayn has done his list here at welterweight: uh, Shamaya versus Diaz, UFC two seven six. But I don't think that's confirmed uh,
1: in any way. <laughs> that was, that was on Dana White's wishboard when was. he showed up on <laughs> on the Pivot podcast. Shout out to Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor, and Channing Crowder. The Pivot is very good, people. If you don't watch it, it is very very good.
0: Is Ryan Clark the guy that does it with DC? Sam Ryan Clark.
1: Ryan Clark is the same. It is the same Ryan Clark that does it with DC, but he's with uh, two other former football players. Intelligent people, is it? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is him more staying in his lane. Let's put it that way. I, 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 I got a lot of love for RC. I think he's done really well since since coming off the field. He is still a neophyte when it comes to this mma stuff
0: i wouldn't know him if you walked if you walked in that fucking door there behind me i wouldn't know who he was i've never seen him do anything apart from daniel cormier reading the promos about him and things but anyway let's talk about uh welterweight there's some jesus do you know what there's some great fights coming up in the ufc there's some Mm -hmm. just some great fights rockamilov versus magni oh my lord I uh, heard you say it should be the main event, and I want yes. to co
1: sign that right now. Five rounds. That should be the main event of that show. Love it.
0: Let's do it. Matt Brown versus Sado. Barbarina versus Lawler. That's a, a sneaky, fun oh. fight. As is Tim Means versus Kevin Holland. I love yes. that fight. Corp yes. McGee is coming back. Vicente Luque versus Jeff Neal. That'll probably be shit. Andre Fialo, Jake Matthews. Poor old Jake Matthews. I don't know why he deserves that one. But anyway, we just saw uh, Michelle Payera. <sighs> My favourite fighter in the UFC arguably, but I don't know. I, I think I and mean, there's issues, big issues there with him. Jack uh Dela Madalena, who is very impressive. Harry Paul wrote a great article about him coming off of his last fight. He's fighting Ramzam Imaev. Holy Lord, Jesus Christ, what a fucking fight that is. I uh oh, <laughs> there's some great fights coming up there's in this great, division. Yeah. You know, we have obviously you know the scumbag Munir Laziz is gonna be coming back here pretty soon as well. You know Mike Mallet Did a great job In his uh, in his UFC debut to, to kind of start things off uh, And we've Ian Gary as well T- Tell us about Ian Gary From the outside perspective I know that the last fight It wasn't maybe a blow away fight uh, Like Even the, the second half Of the first one I think But Took no damage Dominated the fight For the full 15 minutes Got himself Still young in his career From the outside I know I saw Nolan King talking about it And saying Oh people blown away About Ian, Ian Gary Need to shut up now Or whatever that's what that seems like from a person who, and I love Nolan King, but you need to watch all of Ian Gary's fights, put them all together, see where he is in his career, and go from there. But anyway, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm biased, and I probably am. But what do you think of Ian Gary?
1: <laughs> you probably are, and it's fine. We all have them, but it's also that he's just a kid, right? Like he's not. Yeah. He's had ten fights, like that. That performance against Darian Weeks. If your measure going into it and, and the bar you set for that fight was similar to the Jordan Williams fight or similar to Rossam Achman when he fought Achman in, in Cage Warriors, then you're kidding yourself. You're fooling yourself. You're not recognizing and understanding that development isn't linear, that it isn't all up. Sometimes it's sideways, sometimes it's a step back. And and more importantly, he said it himself from the jump. I'm a kid. I want, I want to get as much experience as I can and work my way forward properly as opposed to getting thrown out there against somebody I'm not ready to fight. I spoke to Joe Lowe's on a couple weeks back for a piece that's going to be up this week. And he sort of laid out about one of his guys that's on the come up. And he sort of laid out his idea of if your guy's at 10, you want them fighting seven, eights and nines so that they're always a little bit better. And when your guy gets to a 12, then you're fighting those nines and tens. What you don't want is to be a 10 and think I'm a world beater and to go out and want to fight a 14 or a 15 because you're either catching a loss or if you get a win, your next fight is then against a 16 or a 17. That's a problem. And you're going to look real bad. And so Ian Gary is taking that Joe Lozon approach and shouts to Joe, I'm, I'm going to use it forever now because it makes absolute sense. He's taking that approach of this is where I am. Let me fight somebody close and take a step forward. Let me then spend a bunch of time in the gym get better. He's in a great spot. I think I think he is one of the best prospects in the UFC, but I also think he's a guy that isn't going to be a contender for two more years. And that has to be, to me, those are the conversations and the way we need to be having these conversations. That's a good thing. Rather than mm-hmm. going crazy about somebody when they show up and saying they're the next big thing and then wanting it to happen right away.
0: 100%. On a scale of Rose Nami Yunus versus uh, Carlos Barza three to John Jones versus Francis Ngannou right? How much are you looking forward to Leon Edwards fighting Kamaru Usman? Let's go on a scale of one to ten. How much are you looking forward to
1: it? Uh, Probably about an eight or a nine. Really? Yes. And here, Okay, so. I'm at like I know, two maybe. I know you're not excited. No, I don't so, care about this fight. There are myriad reasons why i'm excited and interested one leon edwards is long overdue yeah <laughs> this opportunity should have came a while ago and so i'm just happy to see my guy get an opportunity right it's you can't just keep moving him backwards and moving him backwards and telling him to fight the next man and the next man and hey why don't we throw you in with shemaev and well yeah i'm fought a bit now fight nate diaz and all of this shit. so i'm happy to see him get the opportunity I'm also happy to see Kamaru Usman fight somebody that isn't Jorge Masvidal or Colby Covington. And I know Gilbert Burns was in there, but four of his last five fights have been against two guys. And it's much like there was a point in the heavyweight division where Stipe had only fought two people or three people in like eight fights and just... Fresh names, right? New names. We get Leon through, we see what happens, and then we move on now with our I'm okay with that. Leon (laughs) Edwards is going to win, and then we get another rematch. Oh, God. That ends up being a trilogy fight. And the other piece of it is that their first fight was so long ago, but competitive, and both have gotten so much better that I want to see it. I want to see where that development has shifted, but I also understand the people that are like, I just don't care because Leon, for as talented as he is in the cage, and as good as, as interesting a story as he has, and as interesting as a person he is, when you get him on the phone or in front of a camera, you have to just draw it out of him. And thus far, we haven't seen that in the UFC, and so the hype for it, understandably, just isn't there. But for me, it's a it's an overdue fight, and it's going to sound bad when I say it this way but let's just get it done and move forward. Yeah,
0: that's exactly... I think I might have said that in the Q&A or somewhere this week. <laughs> it's just... And I know I'm contradicting, contradicting myself saying Aaron Lallin should get the shot and saying, you know, whoever else should get the shot. And I'm not saying he shouldn't get the shot. I absolutely think he should. But I'm... I, I, like, my biggest problem with is if I thought he had a way to win, I'd be more excited about it. But I just... I can't see it. Now it's MMA, anyone coming, right. And also, it feels like he's Christmas Eve. You know? And it feels like <laughs> Hamza Shemayev is Christmas Day when you open up yeah. all your presents and it's way more exciting. And yeah. we're just waiting on Christmas Eve, trying to get it over and done with, you know, trying to cook the turkey, trying to bash it up a little bit. <laughs> and uh, it, it's just, yeah, just we really need to get yeah. past that. And that's shitty on Leon Edwards, I know, but. Yeah, uh,
1: it, it sucks for Leon, but a hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Just- We've come to a favorite time of the, of have, the State of the Union. Also, can I just, before we set up, can I give a quick shout out to Sean Brady? Who is fucking fantastic I want to see Sean Brady fight the winner uh, of uh, Neil Magny versus Rachmanov and I want to see whoever wins that fucking put up the division as high as possible maybe fight Gilbert Burns or someone like that because let's get those guys going Brady is fucking brilliant I absolutely love it. see him. I also I, I see-
1: argued oh. I argued for Sean Brady fighting fighting Bilal Muhammad after Bilal's yeah, last yeah I win. like that one yeah, and man. I know and like said full out like I know Bilal will not appreciate yeah, me saying like you one. should fight back in the division <laughs> and I know he won't appreciate me saying you should fight the undefeated guy but like I saw it on the weekend I forget I forget what it was maybe it was two weeks ago they were kind of throwing Sean Brady's name out there for somebody it might have been Michelle
0: Peher, it was Paya, yeah I Pay versus pay which is like what the fuck?
1: why mm, Sean Brady beat I mean Michael Chiesa was ranked sixth when he beat when Sean Brady beat him I know that divisions and rankings and all of that stuff arbitrary whatever he shouldn't be going back and fighting Michelle him Just number Get him 14, in there with Neil. Though. Yeah, when we, see, when we see where all of this sorts out and where, you know, what ends up happening with Chamaya, what ends up happening with the title fight, I, I just think you, you do that fight between Bilal and Sean Brady and that guy's kind of next, the next, next in line. So maybe their Boxing Day, is that, a, is that a thing for you guys in Ireland, St- Boxing Day, the day after St-
0: Christmas? We've St. Stephen's Day here, we are There Catholic you go, St. Country. Stephen's Day. We yeah, are, yeah. God is still in Ireland, <laughs> we don't know how <laughs> Boxing Day Uh Alright, let's talk about middleweight. Spencer, you, you, I'll just mute my microphone here for like the next two and a half minutes. You talk about middleweight, I'm just going <laughs> to take a drink of water here and stuff. Is Cannoneer fighting for the belt next?
1: Cannoneer oh. is fighting for the belt next. <laughs> Um, i'm just gonna shoot I, myself here <laughs> what the fuck? i do think the good thing about cannoneer fighting for the belt is it is an opportunity to once again see potentially Exciting see the great see the greatness the of most, israel overrated, adesanya. The most overrated you know.
0: fighter in the ufc yeah yes. it probably is. potentially
1: yeah. see the greatness of israel adesanya so Middleweight. I've got a few notes written down here, and, oh, thank God. and you and I were speaking off off air about you know needing to to jump in and and you needing to refamiliarize yourself with Andre Muniz. He is certainly somebody to pay attention to. It is unfortunate for Uriah Hall that he's going to be the next person to get armbarred by by Andre Muniz, probably in the first round. Uh-huh. Um, there are some people in this division that are coming up. We saw Chidi and Jokwani. On the weekend, get his second straight win. I know you were asked about him a couple of times on the q and I agree with your assessment that he's probably not a contender. Although I, did, I, I didn't said, go back on that though. <laughs> I, you, you did go back on it. The thing I said going in and coming out of, going in, I said, why, why are we slow playing this guy? He's 33 years old. He just dusted Marc-Andre Barrio, who has subsequently come back and got a first round stoppage win himself. And then we're throwing him out there with Dushko Todorovic, who just got fed, to, I mean, fed an elbow. Do you see? Just a beautiful...
0: Have you the right kids up the front of
1: you there? I can pull them
0: out. No, it's yeah. okay. Just number 14 um, and number 15.
1: I mean, Tell right. Us, just read out there who's number right. 14,
0: number 15. So
1: number 14 is Chris Weidman <laughs> and number 15 is Edmund Shabazian. How <laughs> um, oh, can we ask you this division isn't fucking if, terrible? Like, come on. So my uh, argument would be Darren that the, Uf- eight. the, the eight. UFC rankings are, are quite worse than the actual, like, state of the division, Yeah, uh, yeah. but those are absolutely atrocious. <laughs> the Paul LaCosta, gentlemen... at number
0: four. Oh, there's so, four number fours, actually. Other the people have... There's four
1: number fours, and other there's the number are seven. Interested. I think you give Chidi and Joe just just throw him in there with somebody, one of these people Chris that is ranked. Give him Chris wipe I absolutely love that fight. Give him, fight. I know Brad Tavares has a fight book but against Drikas Duplessis, but you know somebody in that range. Give him Calvin Gastelum when Calvin's ready to come back. Give him Darren Till for that matter. Let's just figure out where this guy fits because otherwise it's a whole bunch of sameness. Let's get Nasruddin Imovov another fight against a ranked opponent and see how far he can go. I like the Duplessis is getting that Brad Tavares fight so we can see where he goes. There's some. There's not as many young people and really prospects kind of coming up in the division right now. Kyle Bohelio is probably the, the most prominent one at this point. But another guy that like, no need to slow play these guys. In this division, when you have a division like this, where there is a dearth of talent, where there is a shallow talent pool, get these emerging fighters opportunities quicker than they're getting them, rather than having what we talked about at the start, where it's the same bunch of names fighting each other over and over again. Like, what perfect you think of, example uh, was, the, was the old Darren Till, Calvin Gaston fight, where it's like, yeah, we know where both of these guys fit. There, there's no need for this.
0: What do you think of Pereira versus Strickland?
1: I think it's a great opportunity to to see where Alex Pajera is at and to potentially move him forward into that position to it's to smart. maybe fight Izzy. Yeah. It's smart. It it makes all the sense in the world. The winner, I think, is the next title challenger and I think a lot of people are crossing their fingers that it's that it's Alex Pereira. It may not be yeah. Sean's Sean's a good fight. Like is. Sean is a weird human Mad being thoughts, and he sir. says a bunch of dumb shit on Twitter. Mad is a bag of a de- Yeah. He's yeah. a decent fighter. He's undefeated in this division and he does. He's got great cardio and a lot of pressure. I don't know that that is ever going to lead to being a world champion, but it's going to continue to let him have success against people in this weight class outside of probably Robert Whitaker jared cannonier and and israel adesanya
0: yeah uh i just see as well that Bahalio is fighting armin petrosian it's a fucking great fight that is Bahalio is one of those lads
1: we need to keep an eye on him he is top but like why why are we having two prospects fight each other just get them in there against some some you know veteran hand and see where they fit like, just, Ooh, just get Curtis them in there with somebody. not
0: all Adolfo Vieira. That's a fucking fight. That's a good fight. I Love like that. that fight. Okay, middle, I'm coming around to middleweight a little bit. I'm coming around to... Not really, but anyway. Right, let's talk about light heavyweight. We have a style fight coming up. Did, did Am I, I, I... Feel free to tell me to not say this,
1: but you spoke to Yuri Prohashka earlier on, did you? I spoke to Yuri Prohashka this morning from Phuket, Thailand. He's yes. over at uh, Bang Tao with the Hickman boys. Um And JHK, shout out to John. Yeah, over there doing doing the training, getting choked out by Alex walking <laughs> Yeah, Why not? I feel like, do you know? Okay, so where he kind
0: of came from, you know, the 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 Asian route, I suppose he came up on recently before he came to the UFC. We had the Grabaka Hitman's Love him, we had you know the JHKs and other people as well. And then he emerged on the, the FC, and people loved him as well. I feel like he's like getting a little bit forgotten about coming up to this. Now we, you know, in a few weeks time or whenever it is, we will see the promotion being pushed up to up again. Um, and it feels like everyone just expects him to go in there and beat Glover Teixeira. Now, mm, rule out Glover Teixeira at your fucking peril. This guy is a, an animal of a fucking fighter and has been for years and has beat very, very good fighters. Um I just feel it's going a little bit under the radar. Oh, my God, mad? maybe after your interview now and stuff and a little bit more things like that, you know, it mightn't be more. But I don't know. I feel like we're not hearing as much about this as we should maybe, and about him.
1: Well, it was supposed to take place earlier in the year, and then it got pushed back to this card that's coming up in Singapore. Um, and it's been a year since, since that Dominic Reyes fight, right? And so... Because things at the top of the division, and this is what we've been talking about kind of throughout, it's a nice thread throughout, because things at the top of the, the division slowed and stalled and, and it took a while, it leads to Yuri Prahashka being on the sidelines for over a year to where all of the momentum from that fight against Dom Reyes just goes away. And it's not that the UFC made the wrong choice in booking Glover Teixeira into the championship fight. He earned it. He had done enough great story. great to see him get the opportunity to to fight for the title again and then win the belt. But now it's been you know he won that on he won that belt on my birthday on October 30th. And now it's only June that he's defending it. like I know he's older and it probably takes a little bit more time to to get the body going and he celebrates after those wins and so he probably gets up to 230 ish 240 ish maybe. And so he's gotta, gotta take some time, but it just it is prolonged getting Prohashka back. And I think when you have such an exciting fighter coming off such a brilliant finish, there's a little bit of you have to keep this momentum going. You have to find ways. And that's one of the things that's missing for the UFC. It's weird. It comes in fits and starts, right? We're seeing it with Andre Fialo. Who gets a win, goes in the back and says, I want to okay. fight next month. And they say, yep, here you go. And they send Jake Matthews out to get killed on this card, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, indeed, yeah. And so I would have loved to have seen, I know that beating Dom Reyes put him in line. I really would have loved to see a fight for Yuri Prahashka somewhere in there. As soon as he didn't, as soon as he wasn't needed to be the backup for that championship fight in Abu Dhabi. Get him another fight. Just get him out there. Get him out there in December, January. Chances are he's going to win. If he doesn't, that person's next in line. And then you figure it out. You can't can't have these exciting fighters sitting for over a year.
0: This division is all looking. at. It's tiny. There's very few people in this division. And at the top of it, there are some impo- important fights coming up. Uh, Gustafsson, who's always there, thereabouts. He's back again fighting krilov uh, Paul Craig is fighting Volkan Odzimir that should be a fun fight and Harry uh, Harry Paul's favourite fighter Mohamed Ankalaev is fighting Anthony Smith and the winner of that you know could be next to nine my guy Jamal Hill though he's fighting Thiago Santos J- Hill will be champion he will be champion he him and Prohachka is the fight in that division and that's going to be epic whenever it happens and it will happen trust me I'm, I'm coming around on your trust, Jamal Hill pick
1: more me. and more with each appearance
0: <laughs> let's talk about heavyweight and we'll get this over and done with What the fuck's happening in heavyweight? There was was Francis Ingeno's gone away with a fucking... I I was (laughs) going to say something a bit offensive there, but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll hold back on it. He's going around like holding the pocket of Tyson Fury, I would say. Embarrassing himself a little bit, I would say. Because Tyson Fury is 100% using him. If it happens, great, great. Use me up and give me the three million quid or whatever it is. But what if he doesn't give him the three million quid and he just uses him up? Big issue with Arsenal versus Blades, Pavlovich versus Derek Lewis, uh, as we were kind of briefly talking about beforehand, Volkov versus Rosenstruck as well, and tied to Ivasa versus Ganya. So there are some good fights coming up there. But look, the big one we're missing is Ganya. The big one we're missing is John Jones. The big one we're missing is Stipe Miocić at the very top of that division. And without them, where are we? Like, where, where are we? What are we doing? Are they going to get an interim title going? Or what, what are they going to do? Like, it looks like it's going to be Stipe versus Jones. It looks like Jones was ready and is willing to come back. And I think a lot of that, we won't get into this, but I, re- I reckon a lot of that is because of Jones leaving his team and want to prove and he can do it himself. There's nothing more John Jones loves than John Jones being the best. And if he <laughs> could prove that again, that he himself created himself, he would absolutely love that. What's your take on the top of this division where what are we going to let's mark out the next two title fights what do you think they'll be
1: i mean with those those three guys that you mentioned not being active i think we're all doing what i think you were going to say francis and is was doing to tyson fury um (laughs) sitting around holding things Yes, (laughs) and and that's the tough part right is because the most interesting matchups aren't available. And now Francis Ngannou is, I think he's eight weeks removed from surgery now, maybe nine. He's back in the gym. We've seen some footage of him going through light workouts and things like that. So continued speedy recovery to the champ because we need him back. He is a beast and we we need to see him. I think we do get the, I think we will find, the UFC will find a way to make this interim title fight happen between John Jones and Stipe Miocic. They've been kind of, trying to figure out dates publicly over the last few weeks and and month. I think September probably ends up making sense, maybe even August if we can do it. Um, And then that sets up a title unification fight early in the first quarter of of 2023. The problem is that we're kind of waiting for those things to happen. And I think we're going to run into the same problem we've been talking about throughout is that there's going to be, Just the same name sitting there waiting to fight these other people because Stipe hasn't wanted to fight anybody but a champion and John has been out for two years and hasn't wanted to fight anybody but Stipe or Francis Ngannou and that hasn't happened and so there's a good chance or there's a possibility that we lose out on a great run that type two has put together because he goes out in Paris and gets beat by, by Cyril gone, who we've now seen lose to Francis and Gahn. And so Curtis blades goes out and he's going to Curtis blades, whoever he's fighting next. Aspinall. Well, maybe not. Tom Aspinall may get that win. Yeah, and, and look, know, I like, Right that's, good, that's a, terrible a, a great fight. I, think. I hate a, that. I, I don't. It's, it's a great fight. fight in terms of where they're at. Yes, but yeah, it's it's risky matchmaking because Blades has that cap established and Tom doesn't. And I I would always advocate, I think as you would, to keep somebody like I would have liked to have seen. As much as I hate burning a new a new name, I would have much rather seen Tai Tuivasa and Tom Aspinall. Yes, or else Derrick Lewis forward versus uh, Derek Lewis Aspen. versus Thomas. But yeah,
0: that'd be a great fight.
1: But yeah, I, th- I think the next two title fights we get are the interim title fight and then a title unification fight. Yeah, that could be a long way away because all three of the people that would be involved in those fights are currently inactive.
0: Indeed, and there there isn't much coming after that either. You know, we have Martin Bode, Man, his debut he wasn't great. Uh, obviously, got the disqualification, wasn't it? Uh, I right. think. Um, alexander romanov looks a real top prospect but could you know can he get farther than blades <laughs> with the similar with right. probably, you know with a similar output and everything like that and after that what really have we but anyway we will uh we will leave it at that spencer we've gone fucking way longer than we always say we're going to go but anyway why not it was fun we went through every division and we uh we got them all alexi olnik the next champion at uh <laughs> And, uh, 265 pounds. Let's let's do it. Andre Arlovsky versus Alnwick for the interim title. 700 years of age uh, added up.
1: <laughs> a uh, combined 152 fights.
0: <laughs> yes, right. We will leave it. It's probably more than that. Actually, I don't know. We will leave it there. Follow Spencer over on Twitter at eSpencerKite. Uh, go to his Substack. Subscribe. It only costs like 60 quid for the year or something like that. Absolutely not. And you get a pile of stuff. I, my fucking inbox is full. I'll have to unsubscribe and getting so much stuff out. Not really. Not really. I'm only joking. Uh, so sign up there. Subscribe. This is obviously free for everyone as well. So sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Severe on my podcast. My seven Spencer do this regularly. It actually usually comes out for free now because I like to take a weekend off every six months or so. So here we are. But um, thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you again to Spencer for joining me. And we'll see you all next time.